chapter 3 of Colossians, beginning in verse 1, and we'll read on through verse 4. The Bible says in chapter 3 of Colossians, verse 1, if, then, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. You may be seated. You know, as I read through the scriptures here, this phrase that I see, Christ, who is our life. You ought to underline that in your Bible. Christ, who is our life. Uh, you know, the Bible tells the Christian that through salvation we're no longer in charge, and all of you now belong to Jesus Christ that have trusted Christ as Savior. And we're familiar with the verses. If I were to take you to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it says, What know you not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And God tells us something very important about our life in Christ, that Christ really resides in us. He's inside of us. <laughs> I mean, the Spirit of God is in us when we get saved. And so uh, we have something that the world doesn't have. And we have an ability to open this book and understand this Word because it is the written Word of God, and God tells us that He gives us that ability to do just that. And so reading what the Scriptures teach, it's important to our spiritual growth, but to perform that which is spiritual. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, what does that require, Lord? And how do you perform that which is spiritual? And, and I began to think about it's to live for Christ. It's to live for Him. When I awake in the mornings, and I challenge you to do the same, really have time alone with God. It will change your life. If you really spend some time with Him and just talk to Him about how you want to be close to Him, He, he wants to meet with you, trust me. He wants to spend time with you. And I, I encourage you to really get alone with God. One of the things that's such a wonderful blessing to me is that I do have the uh, ability, I've been married for 29 years this coming September, and, and, and one of the things that I enjoy the most is that time with Anita in the morning in the Scriptures. So men, I challenge you, get with your wives if you can, and just spend some time in the Scriptures, reading the Bible uh, to uh, one another, talking about uh, what God has for us. And, and listen, uh, those of you who say, well, I'm not married, I'm single. Listen, get alone with God. Talk to God. Read the Scriptures. Talk to Him. He wants to speak to your hearts. And listen, there's nothing more precious than that time that we have to be able to read the Scriptures together and to pray together. And I'll tell you, you know, I enjoyed uh, being down there in West Virginia on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and, and Saturday. But I will tell you this, I missed my time with my wife in the Scriptures. And I'm telling you, there's something about getting alone with God and getting into the Scriptures. And so it's important. I believe spiritual growth, it, it, we, we are told or we're challenged to have spiritual growth, but how does that occur? What is required of us? And I believe it's our closeness and our relationship to Christ Jesus. So the Bible states to be saved, Christ who is our life, he's telling us that, that what has happened to us as a saved individual, Christ is now our life. It's not our own anymore. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. And so the challenge that I have for you tonight, are you living each day for Christ Jesus? You say, preacher, well, how do you do that? I have a full-time job, preacher. I can't live for Christ every day. Yes, you can. You can do it on the job. One of the things you can do is you can thank him for the job you have. Amen? Believe me, Donald Trump didn't give you your job. God did. Amen? 
And, and the fact is, is that he may be helping the country financially, but God has his hand on the pulse of everything. And so whatever you have, be, be in the car, uh, whether you're driving or whatever, you're saying, well, I'm going to the airport, or I'm driving here, or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Listen, there's a lot of things we can do, but you can stay in touch with God all day long. There's no reason to be out of contact with him. How many mundane things do we do in our life where you could just talk to Christ? Hey, listen, I, I like to help my wife around the house at times, and, and, and so there are times where I will not do the laundry ever, but I do do dishes. And uh, when I do those things, I think to myself, it's, it's not requiring a lot of my mind at that moment to wash those dishes or to rinse them off and put them in the dishwasher or to take them out of the dishwasher and put them in the cabinet. You know what those times are good for? And you can talk to God at any time. Hey, fellas, when we're riding on a riding mower, what are you doing? <laughs> really, just think about it. If I just keep it lined up, I'm doing okay, amen? And how many of you enjoy, like, when that last cut, it just fits right under the mower? Anybody enjoy that as much as I do? You know that last cut when you're coming down and you're like, hey, the mower's going to get the whole thing this time, and you don't have to go back over it. I know, I'm crazy that way. But anyway, to perform that which is spiritual, it requires us to live for and through Christ. So the Bible says the Christ who is our life. Are you living each day for Christ? So Paul, I think, presents the challenge to the believers to focus on the eternal where Christ now resides. And you think about how much our life is consumed with the temporal things, just the things around us, everything. And by the way, when you say temporal, guess what we're really saying? Temporary. It's not going to be around forever, is it? And boy, we put a lot of emphasis on temporal things, don't we? And it's only temporary. But what about the eternal things? And so we're challenged by Paul to show our life in Christ by one of these things. Seeking the eternal, being devoted to the eternal, and living now for Christ, who is eternal. You live for Christ now. You see, we're going to be in heaven for all eternity with him, but you live for Christ even now. Right now, heaven is your home. I hope you're not trying to jockey to get there, because you're either saved or you're not. And if you're saved, heaven is your home, and we ought to live for Christ now. This is when we can do those things which matter. And listen, we can have an effect on an influence on other people's lives. Seek those things which are above. So this word seek is important here because it's what sets the challenge for you to desire, to possess, or to strive for what is eternal. And this passage says, if you then be risen with Christ. To be risen with Christ is to be saved. And a saved individual's goals ought to be fixed on those things that are eternal. You know, when, when I'm out and about, and I challenge you to do the same thing, try to put on what I call uh, like spiritual goggles for a moment. Put some goggles on that, that see things through a set of spiritual eyes. And, and really see people the way God sees them. How many of you can see the aching heart on someone else? How many of you can look into someone else's life for a moment and say, God help them, and Lord, let me be an influence on them for you? You know, one of the things that I've found is the more I go over here to the marathon, those people feel like I'm now a friend. And they're willing to divulge information to me that generally they wouldn't divulge just to anyone. And you say, well, that's because you're the... It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. If you go over there, they call me Bob. They don't know me as Pastor Warnick, amen? And so when Bob comes over, they want to talk to Bob. And so I'm going to put a sign up there, talk to Bob, and you can come over, you know. <laughs> and the thing is, is that they want help with the problems they have in their lives. They are looking for answers. And do you know what? 
Hey, Christians, every one of you sitting in this room have the answer. And so what we have to do is to have that on our heads that says, have compassion. Have compassion. You have compassion. Have compassion on them and show them that you care about them. Now, to be reasoned with Christ is to be saved. And when I think about this, a life fixed on him, not on the earthly possessions, but focusing on the heavenly. So consider that Christ died and rose again. You know, we're getting ready to celebrate Easter, aren't we? I mean, it's an exciting time for the church. You know, it's a holiday to people now. Or it's spring break. No, it's celebrating the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who saved our soul. You say, well, why do we change it all the time? Hey, it doesn't matter what day it's on. We're just celebrating the fact that he rose again. Amen? And you look at that and you say, man, what an amazing time we have. It is a time in Christianity where we can really affect other people's lives. And what it is is that it's a highlight on Jesus Christ. Amen? It's not Easter eggs and Easter bunnies. Believe me, I like chocolate just as much as the next woman does in this room. Amen? <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that that is not what it's about. It's about our Savior, isn't it? And he tells us, seek those things which are above. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father. It is said in, that, in the Scriptures, seek Christ. And it's said in John 8, 29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. When I look at this, and he said, seek those things which are above, where Christ is on the right hand of the Father, I am telling you folks, I'm asking God every day for myself, for Calvary Chapel, for us to have that spirit of, Lord, let us do what pleases you. Let us do what pleases you. Let us do what pleases him. If we're focused on what pleases him, we're seeking those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. What matters to Christ? If you were to read the scriptures from, from Genesis to Revelation, what matters to Jesus Christ? What is the most important thing to Jesus Christ? He came to seek and to save that which is what? Lost. That's what matters to Christ. People matter to him. And believe me, folks, it's good to have multitudes. But I want to tell you, when I watch my Savior, there's a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one going on. How many of you see that in the Bible? There's a lot of one-on-one -on -one going on. And it's good that he spoke to the multitudes. But listen, even when he spoke to the multitudes, it said some believed. Not all believed, but some believed. And the truth is, you have an impact on people's lives one-on-one -on -one more than you do in a crowd. And, and, you know, you'd love it as a preacher if you thought you stood up here and everybody's on board. Believe me, they're not. <laughs> and you would like to think so as a preacher, but it's not true. And the thing of it is, is that there are things that we can influence people for Christ more on a one-on-one -on -one level than we ever can in a crowd. And a crowd's not a problem. A crowd is good, but that some may believe. That's the purpose behind it. Now, as I challenge our hearts tonight, I want you to think about this. For I do always those things that please him. I want to ask you something. How would you like to fit in that category? <laughs> huh? Would you say, today I did everything that pleased God? Whew. I don't know. Those halukis I had for lunch, I don't know if they pleased the Lord, but they sure did please me. How many of you know what a haluki is? Huh? <laughs> Never heard of it, have you? I'm an old Polish man, you know? I'm a hunky dago is what they used to call me. Mama used to make these all the time, and they're called pigs in the blanket, I think you all call them, but you don't all make them like we do. Uh-uh, cabbage rolls. No, you haven't had them until you had my mom's recipe, trust me. And I'm telling you right now, I, that pleased me this afternoon. When she told me, she said, hey, I pulled those out. 
I'm going to thaw them out. And I'm like, man, I thought, good night. <laughs> Woo, buddy. I sat down to a meal, and I pleased myself. I'm not sure that pleased the Lord, but I know it pleased me. But you imagine that Christ said, for I do always those things that what? Please him. Ask yourself, are we in that category? Do you know how you get in that category? If you're pleasing Christ, you're pleasing the Father. Amen? If you're doing those things that please him. So what did he do? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. If you want to please God, then have that desire to strive after those things which are eternal, where Christ is on the right hand of the Father. That word seek also incorporates the idea of worship, and therefore we're to worship that which is above. Not things that are temporal, not things in this life, not things on this earth, but I'm telling you, we need to worship those things which are above. He said, seek those things which are above. If I'm thinking about what is above, you're thinking, well, is it the clouds, preacher? Is it the sky? Is it the sun? Is it the moon? Is it the stars? No, he's talking about that which is above, that heavenly Father that we have up there, that Jesus Christ that sits on the right hand of the Father. Listen, that I set my affections on those things. I'm looking to him every day, every day, in my morning prayer, in my afternoon prayer, in my evening prayer, in my time of praying without ceasing. Listen, I'm thinking about him. I have him on my mind. He's on my heart. He's in my thoughts. He's helping me in the ways in which I walk, in the ways in which I speak, those words that come out of my mouth, the actions in my life, how I treat other people, how I'm reaching out to others. Listen, it's all about Jesus Christ. He's the center of it all. Are you seeking those things which are above? <laughs> and you think about it for just a moment, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father. Seek Christ, who is our life, and live for him daily. The second thought is this. Focus your devotion and attention on the eternal. I love this. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Now, you know, when, when I met uh, Miss Anita, she was Anita Sweet, and man, I, I tell you... <laughs> I would write letters, I would send flowers, I was poor as dirt, I would do anything to be in contact with her. And, 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 and I would do all that I could to speak to her, to hear from her. And by the way, ladies, the one thing I love the most is when she used to write a letter, she'd spray her perfume on it, so when it come, I'd open it and I'd get it and waft it up in my nose. <sighs> and the thing of it is, is that desire... That affection, are you with me? Man, just, just that love and that warmth and that tenderness and all those things. He said, set your affection on is to exercise the mind and interest yourself with obedience towards spiritual matters, not on this temporal life. And, and you know, when, when I was dating her, man, I, I want to know her favorite color and her favorite shoe, and I want to know her shoe size and her dress size and uh, what, what, you know, what she liked to eat and what she didn't like to eat and, and uh, you know, what would encourage her, or excite her, or what would uh, make her happy, what would make her laugh. Man, I was so devoted to all of that. And I say to myself, what's my devotion like toward Christ? <laughs> now, she's sitting here. You can ask her. I was a nutcase, man. I was always trying to get a hold of her somehow. And, 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 and I was always trying to stay in touch with her. And I thought, am I doing that with my Savior now? Do I desire just to have that wafting of the Savior in my nostrils? <laughs> to really desire to just be with Him in that way. To love Him in such a way that I just can't get enough. Just can't be around enough. Can't be with Him enough. Can't can't get away. I, I just have to talk to him. 
How many of you were like that? You're not going to raise your hand. You say, I'm not going to embarrass myself like that preacher did up there. I'm telling you, I know what it's like. When a man's in love, man, he's on a one-way path. And he's targeting something, and man, he's going to go after it until he conquers it. And here's the thing. We ought to trace down and track down our Savior that same way. We ought to be in love with him, fellas. Don't be ashamed of saying, I'm in love with Jesus, because I'm going to tell you, we ought to be in love with him. Amen? We ought to love him so much, we can't get enough of him. And set your affections on things above. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be what? Also, that's where our heart is. And believe me, you can see what people have their affection set on. Am I telling you the truth? You can actually see it in other people's lives. You can see what's important to them. And listen, you can tell even in a Christian's life whether Christ is important to them or not. You can hear it in their conversations. You can see it in their lives. You can watch them and see where their affections are set. And listen, we have to have our affections set on things above. Eternal life is just not some heavenly substance given to a sinner at salvation, but eternal life is Jesus Christ. Eternal life is Christ. That's what it is. And so he's given it unto you. And listen, I want to be a faithful bride. Amen? I want to be a faithful bride to my Savior. Listen, he is the bridegroom. I am the bride. I want to be faithful to my groom. Are you with me? I want to be faithful to Jesus Christ. I do not want to be seen as one has forsaken him or has tried to divorce him or has tried to get away from him. I want to seek him every day of my life and I want to set my affections on Jesus Christ. And listen, men, we ought to have that kind of spirit about us. We ought to want to see Christ every day of our life. I want to meet with him. I want to talk with him. I want him to share with me what he wants for my life that day. I want my mind to have his mind in me. I want to put on the mind of Christ. Listen, we need to have that kind of spirit about us. And we ought to be in love with him. We ought to seek him out every day. We're to focus on and exercise our mind to take interest in Jesus Christ and eternal life. Listen, and this is the record that God hath given to us what? Eternal life. And this life is in His Son. And he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Listen, if you have eternal life, you have Jesus Christ. Amen? And what He has given to us is eternal life. He is eternal life. And we ought to seek and set our affections on things above. Think for a moment how fixed or fixated we can become on earthly possessions. Think of something that has some earthly value to you. And, and sometimes we get so fixated on it. You know, there's a little coin thing that I used to have. It's about this big. How many of you remember them little things? You squeeze aside, it open up. Look like a set of lips, you know. And uh, you just squeeze it open. Well, I used to keep stuff inside that from the time I was a little boy. And I had all kinds of little trinkets and stuff in there. And, and, uh, and you know, in the process of moving, I even had a dollar bill that was orange. I don't know how it got that way, but I was so intrigued by it when I was a little kid, I kept it. It was orange. It was an orange dollar bill. So I don't know if somebody bleached it or whatever, but it was an orange. It was a real dollar bill. It was orange. And man, I used to take those things and I used to put those inside uh, that little thing. And I mean, I had it so stuffed plumb full, you couldn't hardly get anything else in it. And in the process of moving, it's disappeared over the years. I had a little plastic ring, Brother Craig, from when I was a little boy. <laughs> I don't even know where I got it. It might have come from my first girlfriend. I don't know. 
But it was in there. And I, all I knew is I had all this junk inside there. And it meant something to me. I remember when I lost it. I was like, where is it? She goes, I don't know. I don't know where it is. I still have a TV that's a black and white TV that my daddy bought for me for Christmas one year. It's called an Admiral. How many of you remember Admiral TVs, huh? And it was an Admiral. It's a little black and white TV. It's about this big. It's red. It still works. I can't get anything on it, but I still have it. <laughs> should take it to the garage sale, amen? Somebody will buy it, amen? Turn it into a little miniature. I don't know what you want to do with it. But the thing of it is, is that think about the value that we put on stuff. Think about stuff that we really possess. Really, do, does it possess us? <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? And so when you think about this, think about those things that you get fixed or fixated on. Hey, I love sports, but I'll tell you, when, when those players started kneeling, it really turned my heart away from the NFL. It did. It really turned my heart. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I enjoyed the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, of course, you know they're six-time Super Bowl champions, right? There's only one other team that's caught up to them. But I was like that, wasn't I? Even when I got here, I was still like that a little bit, wasn't I? I'm almost a Cleveland Browns fan. I like Baker Mayfield now, Amen. My heart's turning, Craig. I'm going to turn. I'm going to get turned here soon. You know what I mean? And uh, Odell Beckham is out there now. I don't know what's going to happen to you guys this year. You might actually win some games. Amen? But I remember being fixated on sports. And when I watched that, God gripped my soul and said, what are those men doing? Look at, look at what you're worshiping. Now, does it hurt to watch a football game? Probably not. Probably not. What's it going to hurt to watch a football game? But man, when you get fixated on something and you just set your mind on that so much. And when's the games played? Sunday afternoon, right? <laughs> Instead of getting my nap in, I have to watch some stupid game. Don't even get my good nap in. And I know it pleases the Lord when I nap. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> so, I'm sharing with you some thoughts. Would you confess that the same passion that you have for earthly things is the same or more affection than you have for that which is Christ himself? And sometimes we do, don't we? We have a heart for things that we possess more than we have a heart for the Christ that is supposedly possessing us. This is about a deep devotion to one who possesses you and loves you and has a strong, deep affection. And, and listen, is your affection the same for him? I, I was reading in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. I don't know, Chris. I don't think I'm there. I pray for that every day, sister. I'm telling you, I ask God to do that in my life every day. I don't know if I'm there. But boy, read that verse again. Jesus said this now. Just, let me read it to you a little bit slower so we kind of grasp who's talking. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Now, if he said it, we must be able to accomplish it. Amen. But we're not going to do it apart from him. We have to do it with him. We have to walk with him to be able to accomplish that. He said in Mark 12, 30, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And I'm like, man, I know I'm even further away from that one. And he said, this is the first commandment. That's what we ought to be doing. It's just the first thing that ought to be present in our lives. Seeking affectionately that which is above can only be your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ and a focus on spiritual matters. You know, our affection should cause us to want to draw closer to the Lord. I want to tell you what causes 
the soul to draw closer to the Lord. One, you have to be in prayer. You have to pray. You have to be a person of prayer. If you want to draw closer to the Lord, you have to pray. The second thing is, he wrote this. This is his love letter to us. You know, I was telling you about Anita writing letters to me. God wrote this to us. You know, we ought to pick this thing up and, man, it's good, isn't it? How many of you have opened it today or maybe this week and thought, man, this is good? You know, this is, this is really good right here. And it's that relationship thing, isn't it? I have this relationship with God. It, it, it's the idea that, that not only do I want to read, I want to study the Scriptures. How many of you have that desire in your heart to really study? You studied a little bit harder this week, didn't you, brother? Just say amen real loud. Amen? Amen? I'm going to tell you, when you've got to stand up here, you change your thinking a whole lot because you know you've got to come up here and you're trying to feed back and you couldn't ne- nearly give them everything that you got. I promise you that. Am I right? I can't ever give you everything I get out of these lessons. Everything I want to preach to you, you say, Brother, we listen. Let my people go. Brother Jim said that to me this morning. <laughs> he said, you're like Pharaoh, man, <laughs> trying to hang on to us. Let my people go. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that there's so much richness in the study of the Word of God. And I challenge you, study it. If you want to know stuff, study God's Word. Get in it and find out what He has to say. Get in it and study it. Our affections should cause us to want to get closer to Him. It should cause us to want to worship the Lord. You know, and when we talk about worshiping the Lord, it's not coming with the gimmies. You ever see a little kid with the gimmies? Hey, Daddy, give me, give me, give me. I mean, they just want something, don't they? And it's not coming to Him. That's not worship. Worship is coming and saying, man, I want to praise the Lord today. Do you know, folks, when I was out there in West Virginia, man, I woke up, I thought, good night, man. I was praising God for everything. I mean, Lord, look at the leaves. And God, look at the trees. And man, look at the mountain here, Lord. Oh, Lord, did you see that mouse run across the ground? Good night. Did you see that trout? We were standing there looking at a trout. We couldn't catch it. I was standing there like this. I was banging it on the head with a, a salmon egg, and it still wouldn't take the thing. And I was like, Connor walks over and goes, dunk, and pulls it right out. I'm standing there beating the thing over. I think if I'd have reached down and got a hold of it, it would have squirmed right out of my hands. Man, everything around me came alive. And and what I'm saying to you is is that God is in everything, folks. He is in everything around us. Brother Chris, one of the most tender moments that that I remember with with Vic was he walked out that door right there, walked out, and he said, Preacher, look at that moon. (laughs) And I'll never forget that. And it was so precious to me because I looked and I thought, man, look at that moon. Now when I see the moon, guess who I think about? Vic Henshin. And the thing of it is, is that God has done so much around us and we got to set our affections on things what? Above, not on things of the earth. When your affections are turned toward your heavenly Father, it will cause you to be devoted to what matters to God. Listen, that fondness, that devotion. You know that passage in James, he said, draw nigh unto God and he will what? draw an eye unto you. Let's get close to him. I want all of you to have that kind of tenderness and love and devotion and warmth that I'm telling you about that really exists between myself and Jesus Christ. It can happen for you too. And listen, if you're not, I'm telling you, it is a wonderful place to be. And it's so enjoyable to be very close to him. And when you're that close to him, it's a wonderful feeling uh, throughout the day. And even when things are going wrong, you know he's there. He's right by your side. As I challenge you with this, where is your desire of this life turned to? Paul challenged us to focus on the eternal where Christ now resides. Now the Lord wants to use you as his servant now. When I look at this, 
He says in verse 3 and 4, he said, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Hey, when you, you go to your time of prayer, ask the Lord, Father, do I live for you as I should, as one who is dead to this life and living for God? Am I really dead to self? <laughs> you know, I think about when I get up and I get ready for church, you know. Uh, I walked out of the tent the other morning and the boys saw me uh, in a mode uh, that I'm not normally in and the one kid going, whoa! <laughs> you know, my hair was, if you see my hair, it doesn't all. I know y'all think it looks like this all the time. It doesn't, you know what I mean? I wake up in the morning and, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it looked like somebody really shocked me, a good one, you know. In fact, you, how many of you remember Brother Corey? Brother Corey was with me and we were all the way over in Baltimore for that, for the uh, Awake America. And he came and knocked on the door and it was late and I was like, what? And I opened the door. He goes, wow, I've never seen you not in a suit. <laughs> and so he's like freaked out by it. I was like, man, do I really look that bad? <laughs> you know? And the thing of it is, think about how we just take care of ourselves. You know, what does it take to just even get ready? You know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and listen, ladies, I'm not picking on you. If I'm going somewhere, I tell my wife at least three hours in advance I'm leaving. And I'll just, just kind of slowly say, honey, we're going to leave now in two hours. Honey, in an hour and a half, we're going to leave. Honey, we got 40 minutes. Honey, we got five minutes. I'm walking out the door, sweetie. I'm going out to warm up the truck now. And, and the thing of it is, is we have to take care of ourselves, don't we? And, and, and we put so much time and effort into ourselves. And I began to think about Paul challenged us in his, and in, in, in he was, I believe he was challenged in his own heart, in his own life. When you write a passage like this and you think God affecting him, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Think about that for a moment. I am what? Crucified with Christ. If you're crucified with Christ, what does that mean? I've been put to death, haven't I? If I am crucified, I have been put to death. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. And then he says this, nevertheless, I live. I'm still alive. So if I am crucified with Christ, that means I'm dead, aren't I? But yet I live. How does that work out? And he says, I live, yet not I, but Christ what? Liveth where? In me. Christ liveth in me. Now think about this. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And what did he do? He gave himself for me. That's a relationship, isn't it? That's a relationship. Now, the life that you now lead is concealed in Christ Jesus. You know, I love hunting. I, I really do. I enjoy hunting. And when I go hunting, one of the things I do is I always put camouflage on. You know, and, and you know, I would get in my tree stands and my deer stands, especially I love deer hunting. And when I'd go out deer hunting, I'd put camouflage on so that the deer would not see really movement. And that's really what they see, because you can wear blaze orange and they can't see it either. You know what they see is movement. But man, I would put all this camouflage on. I'd have a camouflage mask on. I'd have camouflage gloves on. I'd have camouflage all up and down. And then I would buy camouflage uh, burlap sacks to go around my tree stand and I'd cut little holes in it so they couldn't see any movement. And I was trying to let them not see me. You know, when someone looks at your life, we ought to be camouflaged with Christ. They ought not see you. They ought to see Christ. And I know that I have a desire in my life that others see Christ in me. 
that my life is a representation that I pray with my wife every morning. Brother Jim, Brother Chris, and you ask my wife, I pray that our marriage would be a representation of Christ in the local church. That we have influence on other people as a couple for marriage and for other reasons, but that we're able to influence the lives of others, but that our life be such a one that it's like what Christ said in the Scriptures. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. And what did He do? He gave Himself for it, didn't He? And we are the bride, and He's the bridegroom. He's coming one day to get us. And what kind of a bride are we? What, what kind of representation do Anita and I have to others? What kind of marriage do we have that would represent Christ Jesus in the church? And I beg God for that kind of relationship, fellas, with this woman sitting right here in this front row. You talk to her. And I want our lives to be such a representation of Jesus Christ that it affects other people's lives that way. And when I think about this, Christ is to not uh, just uh, be uh, someone that we come to church and talk about or that we may speak of at times, but that Christ would be seen in us. Amen? That is us being camouflaged with Christ Jesus. That what they see is not a representation of me, but a representation of my Savior. He says this, John the Baptist in John 3.30, he said, He must increase, but I must decrease. <laughs> How many pray that prayer, Lord, let me decrease, let you increase in my life. Let, let you be seen and not me seen. Let you be the one that's out front. When I walk into a room, one of the things I like to do is, there, we would go to these fellowships with these pastors and first thing they do is they come up and they shake my hand and I try to have my wife by my side and I say, I want you to meet my wife. <laughs> I want her to be out front, not me. It's about her, not me. And I want her to be seen. And I want you to meet my wife. Listen, we ought to put Christ out front, amen? <laughs> we want him to be seen and not us. We want him to have first place. We want him to have preeminence, Amen. We want him to have first place in our life. When you look at John 12, 32, and he says, and if I, I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw men unto me. Listen, when you lift up Jesus Christ, you cannot help but have men wonder about what's different about you. You have the camouflage of Christ on you. You have something different in you now. And listen, our life is not our own. It is a representation of Jesus Christ. We're camouflaged with Christ. When I read this passage, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price and people need to see Jesus Christ in everyone that is a member of this church. Now ought to see it. And you ought to see Christ in you. And he said, if he be lifted up, he'll draw men unto me. Listen, I want you to really pray for April 21st. You say, why that date? Because we're going to have people that walk through this building that never normally come to a church service. They don't. But by the power of God and by the unction of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit can affect that person's heart. He's not floating around this room. He's in you. And what God wants us to do is to be a representation of Him. That Christ be seen in us. When those people walk through that door, let me tell you something. When there's unity of the Spirit, God is in control. <laughs> and there's an effect. 
And it says when they came together and they prayed together, the place was shaken where they were together. Amen? Why? Because they were in unity of the faith. (laughs) The Spirit of God is what does that. And it creates that environment that God takes over and we let go. (laughs) And God's in control of the situation. Celebrating April 21st, lifting up our Savior, the resurrection. You know, it is His crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection that ought to be the focus of our life. He says, when Christ, who is our life, you ought to underline that in your Bible. Is He your life? Is He your life? When Christ, who is our life, is He your life? Let me challenge you with this thought. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. What a wonderful statement. Amen. Appear with Him in glory? (laughs) And you know whether, you you think about this, I was looking at this and I shared this with you this morning, you know whether uh, now or in the future, whether in the grave or in the rapture, I'll appear before His glory. (laughs) Amen. How about yourself? Are you saved tonight? If you're saved, would you say you're camouflaged with Christ? Would you say people see Jesus in you? Do you think that you're influencing others for Christ Jesus? You know, we ought to plead with God. Lord, with all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, God, with every fiber of my being, let me be a representation of you here while I'm here because you are my life. 